Take two. Let's roll. What is up? Welcome to the No Mongo Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. And my name is Rick Beta, and I have the microphone turned on. <laughs> That's always fun. I went to record right now. It's like, started talking, it's just flatline red. I'm like, oh yeah, probably need to turn on the mic. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, I want to say I know this episode's you know arriving a couple days later than I had hoped. You know, it's what, now Wednesday evening, but that doesn't matter. It's just been a crazy last week. I'm making it happen here, and that's, that's, that's all we can ask for. We're moving on. So, which just, just dawned on me, this is episode number 149. Very close to 150. Am I going to do something to celebrate 150? No, because I got, it's not like I'm hitting a, a milestone on me stopping soon. No, I'm just going to keep on going and going and going and going. But yeah, just be be patient with me on the days. You know, I'm, I've am i been kind of tweaking. I think I used to do, what, Tuesdays for the longest time. Then I tried Saturdays and tried Sundays. I might switch it to Wednesday now. <laughs> I don't know. Just stay subscribed, as they say, and you'll just get the, uh, the updates and, and all that good stuff, and you'll be good to go. And you can also follow along on social media at Rick Beta, R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Or you can always email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. So starting it off this week with Santa Cruz Pro Tom, is it Remillard? His latest wheel bite in the rain, which literally never happened in the video. Uh, that part dropped last week. Now, although this one didn't have him like high-fiving any cops. You know, I think it was a couple years ago, that one video. He's like, I'm like, dude, he's just high-five a cop. It's still a fantastic video nonetheless, okay? And let me read you what Thrasher put down in the description. Quote, Tom skates like a cannonball shot out of a GD cannon. That's capital GD cannon. This is top tier ripping from an ATV virtuoso. End quote. A GD cannon. I, I have to concur with the writer on that. Is that Ted? I think Ted uh, Schmitz writes those. I have to agree with that. He did, it did appear to be like shot out of a GD cannon for most of this GD video. It's true. Let's take his opening trick, for example. One that the spot is also bookended with. Oh, yeah, so spoiler alert. And not only did he make me want to go out and, like, skate, he actually made me want to go out and get a Tacoma truck because it reminded me how much I miss having a truck. I miss it. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show uh, before, but I, I had a, was it, 86 Toyota back in the day. It wasn't a, a big truck. It was just, you know, standard truck, but I loved having a truck. And then the camper show on the back and, you know, go skating you have your gear in there go snowboarding and sleep in there and you know it was cool so and, and i guess now that my kids are older and like are only you know, seconds from like ne- no longer needing their booster seats i do have a better chance of getting one so i do have to say well, however it's all a dream right we'll probably get another car first and then we'll trade in the minivan down the road and i'll have to be very patient you know, i can already tell so either way my future truck it's gonna be black anyway moving on back to the video now when I watched this, I paused it at 20 seconds. Yeah, just 20 seconds in for that. It was a front 180. And it's like, what a great image. You know, great angle is perfectly spot on, right? Right in the middle, framed in the middle. That was a much needed assist, too. There's no way in hell he'd be able to push, like, you know, two or three or four or five times to get enough speed to clear that dock. So that that's, you know, it was still, that's a rad image to look at. You know, 20 seconds in, try it, see what I mean. And then it's, like, very next tricks, you know, the post-title credits trick. My man was straight for my heart, you know. And now, although he technically didn't go into the water, skimboarding on top, it doesn't, like, 
I guess it does. It 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 does get some points from me. I'll give him that, you know. But it just not just not as much, you know. But a proper dismount though, yeah. And the Baker Maker to one eighty, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no whistles blown here, yeah, yeah. See, uh, I do have to mention this though. That trick is that's worthy of going shirtless for. I'll, I'll let that pass. I'll give Tom a pass on that one. You had to, cause you you know I don't know if that was first try, but dude, jump off his board. Skim board, jump onto another board, and uh, bust out that uh, that revert or 180 power slide. But it got, it got me thinking, though, how in the hell or, like, where were they able to find a pool with no one in it? Was that, like, peak pandemic there? Maybe that was, right? Because that seemed too good to be true. It was, it was a nice sunny day. No one was around, not even a lifeguard, not even a security guard. I'm like, dude, that pool, should, that looks, there should be, unless it was, you know, the pandemic, you know, the peak, and no one was allowed to go in it. I'm like, damn, how'd you pull that off? You guys hop some fences and do that, dude? Tom then decided to show us two back-to-back huge, well, actually, it would be huge-ass always with silent H's. So it was one at 47 seconds, and I love how he set up his landing perfectly for that one, and it's that spot like a mini wallows? Where is that spot? And then the second one, number two, was at 50 sec- 56 seconds in. However, I think the angle of that trick, at least for that, I couldn't tell if that was just an ollie or did he grab frontside grab. He grabbed frontside grab. I'm leaning towards that, right? Because an ollie would kind of have his, his right arm kind of back kind of flailing a bit because he's just flying so long. and, and So I don't know. So it definitely did a frontside grab. Either way, that was massive, right? And I like the edit too. Key point, you know, as if to point out the fact that this dude is indeed hauling ass. Like, hey, look, I need to edit this. He's, he's flying past the screen. And I know I wasn't doubting that. I mean, no need to edit, but it worked for me, you know. But it was, I guess maybe it's kind of hard to to pan right, you know. They had to maybe shift the camera a little bit, but it was an interesting edit for the for that trick. And that spot about a minute in, it looks so fun to skate. But that's a location that I wouldn't be able to do jack anything on. I wouldn't be able to do anything on that spot. It's just a little too much, like, a little bit, yeah, it's just a little bit too much for me, you know? Actually, you know what? Scratch it. I think I'd probably, I'd probably at least be able to do, like, a roll, roll onto a short 50-50 and then just kind of come back into the bank. I couldn't clear, the, I couldn't gap out of that. No way. And then over the, the you know, the street or into the street? Hell no. But that's probably it, though, a little 50-50, call it a day. But he made that spot look way too easy. You know, most of us wouldn't even be able to skate that spot at all. So no need to send a, me the pin for that one because I, I don't think I'll be able to do anything on it except for, you know, tiny-ass 50-50. <laughs> and I was cracking up at a minute 44 for some reason, and it, maybe I was just in a weird mood, but there's just something about that dude. Uh, he was on that motorcycle. He was giving them the toe in, casually zipping by, hair blowing in the wind, no breaks in the near future. He's kind of, it looked like he just kind of kept going. Like it just happened to be some dude nearby that like, got him his help him get his trick and just moved on. But and once again, too, the angle of this trick messed with my brain. I'm like, was that a backside or a melon grab? Was it or or is it not? Because it's hard to see his left arm and hand. I mean, we just might not. Ne- we 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 might never know unless there's an alternate angle. Another massive ollie, two minutes, eight seconds in. Has anyone ever done that there? I don't think so, right? Is that MBD? 
And who goes there, you know, thinks I'm going to be doing the trick going that way, you know, off those steep ass banks, you know, because I mean, that's so big. And it's such an awkward angle. It's so, I mean, I haven't skated that spot, but I can assume I, I can assume how it feels because I've skated the China banks, which are soon to be RIP China banks. It's the same kind of uh, uh, transition. It's quick. And ollie up and over and get that angle and get on top of the board and float it. It's just, that's tough. Then we got to see another toe-in trick at 255. Is that back tail to revert? And I'm wondering if he meant to, like, do it that way. Or was it because of the angle and the momentum that sent him kind of rolling down the hill fakie, you know? He was coming in hot on that. And you think he just kind of went with the punches? All right, yeah, I'm going to end up going fakie on this bad boy. No, yeah, hurt. Oh, you got a next one. You got to pause it at three minutes, three seconds in, just for for one. Just just look at that image. Milton's like stone cold glare. Dude's like locked in. Tom's locked in too. Look at his eyes. That dog. It looks pretty chill, pretty stoked. And that's probably his leash that they're using. So he's all right, right on, ready. Yeah, row it, row it, row it in. So I did notice that, but I was mostly locked into Milton's facial expression. You know, I was wondering what he was thinking. He was probably thinking like smokes something like that in that moment he's just you know deadpan stone cold lock and then seconds later you got to pause again three minute five seconds look at that that's beautiful bet you didn't know look at that back truck too yeah you thought that was a front side rock huh yeah no look at that it's just beautiful and also too notice that bank i wanted to point this out too it's covered with parking blocks is that like a a parking block cemetery I could actually use one of those, actually, or two. Hey, Drew, can I borrow your truck for, like, a weekend? I know you're in uh, Wisconsin, but just to pick up a, a few, just throw those bad boys in your truck. Just, you don't even have to just leave them on the front porch, dude. So I appreciate it in advance, man. Thanks. Thanks. But actually, no, those are kind of, I don't know, those too short, though. Maybe that's why they're at the, you know, parking block graveyard, because they're so short. You can't really get a lot of slappy grind, or long slappy grinds on it. It's not a lot to to get on. Maybe just, yeah, I don't know, short board slide or some 5.0s. Eh, I don't know. Let me think about it, Drew. I'll, I'll let you know. That was such a chaotic spot, though. You know, there was just so much going on. Especially when it was rolling back. It's like, dude, like, watch out for those parking blocks. His very next trick, a 5.0 into that huge ditch. That was intense. I mean, you see the size of those banks? They're insane. They're bigger than him. And I loved how he got to the other side, and he was kind of struggling a bit, right? <laughs> Once again, I'd love to be in his brain for that. I was like, whoa, whoa. I mean, because he did a couple of Tic Tacs, some, some Jagger arms are flailing around, <laughs> flailing around like, whoa, whoa. And then he kind of jumped ship. He was definitely struggling towards the end. He was like, whoa, 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 whoa abort, abort, abort. Jumped out of there, just barely made it. And then we had his ender, a.k.a. the final toe-in for the day. I mean, that makes, what, five toe-ins or six, you know, assists? What? How many of those were in the, Yeah, there was at least six or seven, right? Which got me thinking, like, Tom is a high-maintenance skater. I hope you kicked down some snaps on that Petro for all those rides. Yeah, the gas ain't, gas ain't cheap, dude. California's at least five bucks, six bucks. I don't know. I don't look because it's just out of fear. That's not cheap, man. But I like how they went to the same spot from the first, uh, you know, opening image. Because, I mean, that is the same spot, right? Because I noticed some slight differences, though. Because the, the first shot, 
I was was all like had a bunch of weeds, but the second they decided to get rid of all the weeds beforehand, or maybe they filmed like the other version before, and the maintenance crew for that owns that property cleaned it up. I mean, either way, either way, I kept going back and forth from beginning to end, not knowing a hundred percent if that was the same spot or not. But I ended up going, okay, no, it has to be the same spot. I was looking at the doors, looking at the the panel on the back, looking at the color of the doors, looking at the poles, looking at the fence he ran into. It was just way more cleaned up the second time around. Just, you know, I was like, oh, less weeds and better for him. That fence didn't go anywhere. So I like how they bookended the video with toe-ins, but one was front side, the other backside. You know, I mean, I don't recall seeing that before. I'm pretty sure that was on purpose, you know. Just uh, added a nice little touch, little little Ollie, little toe-in Ollie sandwich. And it was nice to see Burnett give Tom a hug, though. You know, that's such a cool moment. You know, And if you crank up the volume... Like really loud. If you maybe put headphones on, you can hear him whisper. Like, you know, he doesn't have to worry about paying for gas. You know, it's all good. He's all, I've got you. I've got you, Tom. Yeah, way to go. Great part. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. So this was three minutes, fifty-one seconds of pure awesomeness. Like plain and simple. I highly recommend this movie. Well done, Tom. Get a glass of water. Quick water break. You know me. So next up, we have Aaron Wilson's homage heroin part. Did you check this one out? If not, go give it a gander and come back. Go check it out right now. I mean, he's only asking for four minutes and 20 seconds of your time. And it is indeed time well spent. I've, I've seen it, what, three times now. Great video. I mean, right from the start, Aaron is seen busting into a frontside feeble and kick flipping out of it. You know, it was at a dish spot, one that was perfectly executed. I love the way the board flipped. Great flick, great landing. And it's cool that we got to see two angles of it as well. It's a lot. You saw a lot of, you got multiple angles in this video as well. I actually could have used more angles of the tail slide, you know, seconds later. Dude slid right through the kinks, around and down. It was very cool. And I thought of you, Scott, checking out that park. I'm like, that looks like an insane layout. <laughs> what else could you do at that park, though? I mean, look at all, look to the left. <laughs> it's like a, you, you, you drop in, you fly down, and, what, and then you're going to hill bomb. It, it was just, there's a lot going on. I mean, but what else can you do there? Probably not that much, at least for me. I would not be able to hit every spot of that, you know, park. Hell no, not every corner. Nope. So I would have loved to see like multiple angles. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool he did that. And you know I had to do a pause rewind. Yeah, it's a 5-0 axle stall at 35 seconds in. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm not just getting excited for a 5-0 axle stall. Just stop. I'm excited because he ducks under that rail on the way down. Hell, yeah. I knew right then and there we were like, this video was going to kick ass. I knew. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm glad I'm watching this right now. I was in a great mood. It was, yeah. 5-0 axle salt, duck under. Most people would try and hippie jump that spot, but end up getting, like, their feet caught and eating, you know, concrete. Going under is the best option. You know, I back that idea. Smart move, Aaron. And seconds later, I was cracking up 43 seconds in. Wally to Wally. No problem, right? Setup tricks. To a front board slide... I call it, I said front board duck under that rail. <laughs> uh, that was, I was like, what? 
I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, the two walls are set up tricks. Simple and straight to the point. But that board slide, that must have been hard to do. Like, how do you do that? Like, how many times did you bonk your head? Is there an interview out with this about this video that I missed? I'd be like, Aaron, how many times did you bonk your head on that one trick? I'd end up with so many lumps on my head. <laughs> Whenever I say lumps, it reminds me of that old school cartoon. Sorry, I'm going to jump off a, on a tangent real quick here. Can't remember which one, but I remember one of the main characters asked the other one, how many lumps would you like with it? I think it was with their drink. It was with their tea or something. And then the, the other character would answer, you know, whatever, three, four, and they would hit him over the head. You know, such violent cartoons back then. But I just remember that. I don't know why. When I said lumps, I remember, how many lumps would you like? Now I need to find that cartoon. Damn it. If I can find it, I'll put it in the, the notes below. Let me know if you remember that one, too. That's old school. Was it Daffy Duck? No, not Daffy Duck. Bugs Bunny? Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to find it now. How cool is that board slide about a minute and five in? Because it's, I want to point out, because it was such a creative way to get up on that rail. I mean, most people would just walk by that, right? You'd see the rail go, ah, well, hey, that was a lame setup. Can't do anything on that. But, of course, he did. But let me ask you this, though. This is a serious question. And it might cause a lot of controversy, okay? Does that board slide become a lip slide after he clears that gap? Or is it just a board slide the whole time? Like, I'm serious. I was thinking about this nonstop since I saw it. I'm like, or should I just move on? Is it a board slide? Yeah, yeah, Rick, it doesn't matter. But is it a board to lip slide? I'm leaning towards that. What do you think? Let me know. Or is it just a straight board slide? Because even with the gap, he shifts directions, shifts his weight. But if it was just a, you know, attached rail, wouldn't matter, right? So I don't. Know. Let me know. Let me know which one you think. So I'm glad they included the the angle, multiple angles, to see that as well to kind of help us decide. Even though I still have no idea. But Aaron skates and destroys like so many unusual spots. I mean, does it with style too? Sometimes it's not even like he's not even going like super fast at all. He makes, makes it look awesome. That 50-50 against the wall about a minute 18 in is so tight that he almost hit his knees like as he popped off, you know? Not a lot of room to do much there, right? His spot selection is insane. Very similar to the gap to 50-50 he did at 205. Another crazy spot, you know? And another one we got to see two angles for. And I don't care that he used his hand and kind of tapped on the way down. He didn't push, you know. I don't. I, I think it was still would have been a make. No whistles blown here as well. But who goes to that spot and decides to do that trick right there? My Aaron does, I guess, right? And then he had another knee scraping slash wall hugging 50-50 down a handrail, okay? It's right at 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Two angles for it as well. A slight hand tap for it as well, and, but still, it was nothing... He, he was still going to get that. It did not help him. But pay attention to that second angle, though. Look at how tight that is. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Tom had all the toe-in tricks. Aaron has all the knee-scraping slash wall-licking ones. You know? That's what I noticed with these two videos. Which kind of surprised me that when he decided to do that massive board slide about two, as a 256, and I loved all the angles on that, that spot got him moving. You know, once he's got past that first little, like the the first part, and then turned kind of the the flat, and went headed down the last third of it, 
the sound when he sit, you know, hit that last third sounded so good. Crank it up to 11. Put on some earphones or something. Is that what the kids refer to as like a, what do they call it? A- ASMR or whatever it is? Like he was just moving. But I was also wondering why he didn't decide to grind that rail as well. You know, nice and snug, channeling his inner O'Grady, gapping to the second rail. I know he has it in him. But regardless, that board side was huge. Especially that last third. Dude was making wood chips fly. Oh, I wrote this down too. Quick, you know, tray flip, hippie jump. Right around pie. Yeah, no big deal. Tray flip, hippie jump. Okay. Like it's nothing. And how about that 50-50 down the spiral rail around 3 minutes and 20 seconds in? Which made me realize that he only likes to do those like tippy-toe 50-50s as front sides, right? Like I mentioned earlier about the board side, I was like, yeah, because that... That probably that's probably why he did that board side because he would have been backside, and if you think about it, depending on how high the wall is, your butt would stick out more than your knees. So it makes more sense to do those grinds front side, right? And you can still manage to get some pop out, at, you know, in the process. Backside's a little tough. You got to you know crouch a little bit. Your butt hits the wall. Boom, you get pushed out. So I guess it depends on the rail. But yeah, it, it makes sense to me now. Yeah. That he had to do a board side though. He wasn't going to grind that rail unless it was the front side. Oh, and the camera work on that trick was very great as well. Very cinematic. If you look close enough, you can also see the the filmer's shadow on the ground. Yeah. It's like, is that chin? And much like Tom earlier, how he had that very fast and gnarly ditch moment, Aaron did too. Right after that front blunt. He too got some wobbly arms going. <laughs> Probably questioning his uh, decisions right around then. He's like, oh, why the hell did I do this? It's going pretty fast. And then we have his ender. One in which he did another wall slash knee hugging 50-50 grind around that tight curved rail 353. This time, a little push from his right hand. It still counts, right? You know, it's fine. It's hard to do, man. You didn't see anything. Watch his feet. But I noticed it. But you know, he just watch his feet. Notice how his knees... Like right before he pops out, notice how his knees are right before he pops out of that too. <laughs> they're kind of like, they're both like bowed in. That's what he had to do to make that trick of that spot. I'm telling you though, he had so many of those in this video. But I'm still, I am surprised why he didn't end on that board side though. Because I mean, both were insane, but that board side looked much scarier, right? Only because the potential to get pitched you know chest and face forward on a board slide is much worse than on a 50 50 you could fall over one of the sides you know you're coming down a board slide you might be hitting face first on the the hubba you have a better shot of you have a better shot of landing on your side but both suck you know as far as my preference of not trying to eat concrete because that's that's the both those are out of my wheelhouse hell no can't do that not for me no thank you I'll let Aaron do that stuff. But this was a fantastic part. Aaron's got like this cool style to him and he kills it, you know, and he doesn't need to take that extra push or two to pull it off, you know? He's got a creative bag of tricks, entertaining as hell to watch. Well done to Aaron and team. That was an amazing part. Go check it out if you haven't done so yet because you're definitely missing out. And finally, I want to wrap up with something I... I read on jankummag.com, Larry Lanza talked to a sneaker botter 
about the state of reselling, and it was actually pretty damn interesting. I didn't get upset. I didn't get pissed. I'll tell you why in a sec. And keep in mind, I don't chase any of these shoes that they talk about. I, I didn't know who, who, who 90% of the shoes they were talking about. I go, huh, these are popular? You know, I don't enter raffles for dunks or shoes or anything. I just, I prefer to just buy my shoes whenever and wherever I can. So, and it happens to be for the most part vans, very easy to get. I don't have to wait in line off the raffle for them. Uh, I don't have to get a botter, which I, I learned about. So, for convenience sake, and just because I like my finite energy, I like to do other things besides chase those. I just wanted to to, to point that out. So, I, I I can relate to this article, but then I can't. But I know that a lot of you guys are frustrated as hell because you're trying to get some of these shoes. So, with that being said, after reading this. I know why or how 99% of you get absolutely screwed when you try, when the new kicks drop and you try to buy them online. Like you don't even have a chance at all. Well, actually you kind of do. There is some hope when you read it. I'll put the link in the notes, but I want to just chime in with some of my thoughts on it because there is hope, but there is less hope if you're really into NFTs. More on that in a sec. So, but not unless you're, you know, this dude. And it's very interesting that this dude, he chose to remain anonymous. Because they asked him basically like, you know, do you kind of feel bad for doing this? Or he's like, no, hell no. You got to figure out how to buy them. You got to adapt. You got to pivot. You got to find this on your own. And it's not cheap to get into this botting, as they say. You know, like he said, I spent $3,000 on a bot, which is only part of the cost because then you have a proxy usage cost is what he talks about. You know, a lot of sites don't, he says, a lot of sites don't let you buy multiple pairs of shoes on the same IP address. So there's like specific proxies for sneaker botting that let you bypass security. Like, like I said, you guys had, you never had a chance to buy these shoes when you're trying. And these guys are willing to pay more money. Like he said, the cost is really, really high. Usually my cost per month was fifteen to $2,000. And you might not get any shoes from that. So think about that. You're spending that much money. It's a it's a very high risk, but, you know, potential high reward too if you can get all these shoes. And he talked about how, like, sometimes a pro- the proxy could get banned. You know, you basically lose the money. So there was a risk for this. But dude obviously made a lot of money. And pissed off a lot of us in the process, a lot of you guys in the process, you know. But the good thing is, you know, he did, there was some hope, is which I wanted to point out. Because over the last couple of years, I guess a lot of, you know, sneaker body YouTubers basically exposed it, right? They talked about it. Everyone wants to kind of have the video, like, hey, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm making all this money, yeah, yeah, cool. But then it backfired on them because now there's they're not able to do it as much because there's more of a crackdown. So there's that. And then also, there was a new state law that got passed. It taxes for sales over $600. So he talked about how that was a huge factor. He's like, I sell you know, three shoes on StockX. That's $600. I get taxed? Well, yeah, kind of. you know. So I guess it's, it's, you made a profit, right? So the government's going to find a way to get that. So, and he said you had to be a really big, huge supplier to actually make a profit botting. But I'm like, it just kept me thinking, like, because what, what was it? There was that Nike, that person that, no, the, the mom wore Nike, Nike, and the son was buying a bunch of, like, employee discount shoes and flipping them. I can't remember. That happened, like, not too long ago, too. I meant to look up on that before I got on the mic because I bet, like, Nike was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, they fired the woman or she left, but still, it's like, I wonder if that's still going on. 
But yeah, like you said, when when you hear people say sneaker botters are the reason normal people get kid dunks to wear, what do you say? He 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 basically laughed. He didn't care. You have to adapt. Everyone has to adapt to regular things in the world, you know. And a sneaker botter is going to take him out, you know, whatever. So I was getting pissed for you, but they, yeah, they talk about who develops the bots, most expensive sh- pair of shoes he wears. But he did say he spent about $10,000 in bots. $10,000. And his monthly average cost was 1000 to 1500 between the proxy and the bot subscription fees. So he said he'd profit about 6000 each month on average after deducting costs. So I get what he's saying. You got to be a big reseller. So I wonder how, you know, what that dude with the mom hookup was making. You know, he's making a lot of money. But it all backfired on him. But as he said... Because it's it got basically blown up, not a lot of people are doing this whole botting anymore. But he did say they're now doing that for NFTs, which I was like, of course they are. So when and if, it's going to be a long win. I get in NFTs, I already know it's going to be a frustrating process. So just a heads up to you, if you're looking to get into NFTs, if you're not tired you know, of hearing that acronym for the last few years and it hasn't made you want to stick a pencil in your ear, just beware. I guess they're botting NFTs now. So there's going to be like this cool drop. Yeah, I want to buy this NFT. Some uh, More often than not, it's probably going to be some botter just going to take it, snatch it right from you. So as he said, at the, at the question, as Larry asked, so sneakers are out and NFTs are in? He said, yeah, we are at NFTs right now. I thought the NFT thing was a huge bubble and could pop at any time, but now I see it's part of the future. So once the sneakers were dead, sneaker mommy has... S-N-K-R-M-A-M-I told me to come to the NFT space with her, and guess what? He did. So this anonymous dude is basically going to be snatching up all these NFTs. So, And his final sentence. NFTs are a lot easier to bot, and now we just bought NFTs. Laughs. So, yeah, great article. Read it, though. You might get a little pissed, but then you might end up a little bit optimistic because... I think the sneaker botting thing is kind of dead. You might be able to get some dunk soon. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? You let me know. Are you gonna, you know, cop some in the near future? Are, are they on? You know, are you trying to look to get some uh, shots? And uh, you know, they're gonna get botted out. Who knows? I think you have a better shot now. That this is, you know, it. Thanks to Larry bringing this to the light. Because the more we talk about it, the more it's, you know, it's it's not gonna be as underground we all know what's going on so i think these guys aren't making the money as they said and switching over to nfts for now until that thing kind of blows up so definitely curious to hear your thoughts have you been frustrated trying to get shoes for the last couple years and if so this is probably 99 percent of the reason why so very cool very good job larry lanza